This podcast is a love letter to every small business owner in Africa that dreams of growing big, every African executive that wants to get ahead, and every leader that wants more impact. I'm Tembi Kumalo, your host and the founder of Brand Builder Africa. We'll talk about everything to do with growing your business by building your brand. Elena Kamba is a digital marketing expert with a deep respect for neuromarketing. We meet her at the intersection of science and marketing. When she moved to Zimbabwe from Latvia nine years ago, she discovered a whole new world of opportunity for bringing businesses into the online space. In this episode, you'll learn more about her fascination with consumer behavior and how it can help you to improve your business. Elina Kamba, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Tembe. How are you? I'm excited because I've been wanting to get this conversation down onto this podcast for a while now, and I'm really, really happy that you have found the time in your very busy life to talk to us today. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very, well, I'm, I'm very excited and very happy. Actually, this is my first podcast. So yay! Yeah. <laughs> and where are you? Yeah. Where are you talking to us from right now? I'm currently in Zimbabwe, uh, but I'm originally from Latvia, uh, Eastern Europe, like a tiny, tiny country wow. uh, next to Russia and Scandinavia. But like, I'm currently in Zimbabwe, Harare. And and you have have been working in marketing in Zimbabwe for a while now. How do you find that if, for instance, in comparison to working in Latvia or in other parts of Europe? Um, I think um, I think what I found when I came to Zimbabwe, like from my background and my education and what I did before, uh, marketing, marketing was existent, but it wasn't it wasn't like, a, I would say, like, when you look at the integrated marketing communications, it wasn't there. Okay. It was just the traditional marketing. So digital marketing was new, untapped, and people were, like, really just kind of, like, trying it out, but not really uh, understanding it or embracing it. It's kind of, mm-hmm. like, unknown. So mm-hmm. I found, actually, when I came to Zim, I found that this is my field, you know, like I, I can, I can bring value to the companies that I worked mm-hmm. for. So uh, for me, it was more exciting. Like in Europe, it was, it was already established. So mm-hmm. it wasn't, uh, well, I mean, it's like, it was good to work and you learn a lot, but it was already, they were putting people in buckets. You will be responsible for this little piece, for this little right, piece. Here, right. you had the whole spectrum. Mm. That does sound exciting. And I think for you in particular, you you kind of have an edge over other people because you've worked at LinkedIn, which is kind of a big deal. I know, like, I, I never think like that. But like when people really, like, wow, you work for LinkedIn. And I'm like, I did, yeah. And then you think like, oh, is this such a big thing? You know, like, I, I never think like that. But yes, and I, I think I, I'm ever grateful that I did have an opportunity to work for LinkedIn. And mm. I love LinkedIn as a platform. And I think that's one of the platforms that people haven't appreciated till today. Exactly. I was going to say, actually, that I have had a 
my relationship with LinkedIn started off very rocky. And then we, you know, we knew each other. I like I had a profile there, but for maybe five, six years, I never did anything on LinkedIn. Um, exactly. Because I just found and it that's hard. What, <laughs> and, and, and that's what people do till, till today. Like they just have a profile and I think LinkedIn is my resume, but it's more than just your CV. It's like, and only if you think of, of, uh, of the fact, like, you know, like when I was at LinkedIn, we had two teams. We have marketing solutions team and recruitment solutions team. So mm. I was in marketing solutions team working with different clients and uh, running their campaigns on LinkedIn and optimizing their campaigns and seeing like how they can utilize LinkedIn to elevate mm. their brands, to make sales, uh, to network with potential suppliers, clients, decision makers. Because if you think of like a big decision makers for like brands that are like, let's say luxury brands, banking, mm. finance, mm. technology. LinkedIn is where they reach the decision makers, not on Facebook, you for know? Sure, sure. So, and, and actually one, one out of three people on the whole planet from professionals is on LinkedIn. So if you think I'm not on LinkedIn or I, I have just a profile on LinkedIn, you are not actually taking, utilizing the opportunities you have there. Mm. And only 50% of LinkedIn users have a complete profile to, to date. Oh, so wow. it's just, it's just people just, um, and, and I think it's just not that because people don't want to use it, but I think as LinkedIn, there's as much as it's a big company and we grew, like literally I joined LinkedIn when we were 20 in the London office. Oh my word. And then by the time, and by the time I left uh, after four years, we were, we had, uh, well, San Francisco office was existing already, but then we had an office in Spain, in Dublin, in uh, Middle East. So we were over 1,500 people oh in, in UK. And it went IPO as well. So oh, while, wow. while I was there. So everything yeah, exciting so, happened while you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was cool to see how the company mm. grew. Like literally from a tiny, uh, I don't know, five by ten yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, on Oxford Street, we grew quite significantly. And I, I, I loved it. It's like the culture was awesome. They basically, they almost like second Google. They make you feel like at home. They look after you. Uh, it's your home, literally your home. Mm, sounds amazing. I mean, when you when you talk about it like that, it really, it puts LinkedIn in a, a whole different light. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool when, and it's amazing when you are single and you don't have a family. And young. Uh, because yeah. you literally spend your life there and your colleagues is your fam are your family. Mm. But then uh, when you have a family and kids, I think it, your priorities change. And uh, yeah, sure. I, I think it's totally different. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So you've been in Zimbabwe for how long now? Uh, it's going to be nine years in September, October. Okay, okay, so, quite a long time. Almost now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm crazy when, or oh, they don't understand why I'm still here. <laughs> well, maybe you can explain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I think people, you know, it's one thing that you see on media and mm. the other thing when you hear. Mm. I think when I came to Zimbabwe, uh, 
I think I loved it from day one when we just came to visit. But I think people don't realize that this place, is, uh, despite all the difficulties economy has and government, like if you don't focus on that too much and like and don't live uh, from like all the time, have those negative thoughts like this is wrong, this mm. is wrong, this is wrong, mm. you know, be mm. that subtractor to everything you see. I think there are so many positive things and people always think London is this luxury place where you you live an amazing life, but that's what you see on social media. And I think people should be smart enough today to understand what you see on social media. Uh, 90% of those stories and posts is not their real life. You know, it's a tiny bit of their life that right. people post so and zim zim is just like i thought if i ha- want to have a family uh, this is a perfect place the weather is amazing the food is amazing it's organic like mm. what you don't get a lot uh in europe or you pay three times more for organic food in europe mm. um people are lovely people are friendly and nice and and also for my career I've grown so much in Zimbabwe. It would take me 30 years in London to grow how I've grown here in nine years. So I think Zim just ticked every single point. And I wanted to give a childhood to my kids, Mm -hmm. the ones that I had. Mm -hmm. They can run around, they Mm -hmm. can play. They're not stuck in, uh, in one bed flat behind a playstation and this is all their life and the miserable yeah. weather yeah. i'm not saying that london is lovely uh in uh, in certain things but for me uh my priorities zim tick, uh, ticked all like majority of them yeah no that's a very strong strong case for for being here and for staying here you talked a little bit earlier about digital marketing um yeah You've also spoken um, about neuromarketing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, first, about digital marketing and, and what the future might look like, um, even yeah. for, for African firms, because our audience on this podcast is mostly business leaders on the continent. Like, where's digital mm-hmm. marketing going? Why do we need it? what should we be doing to prepare for the future? And then if you could also talk a little bit about neuromarketing and how that can help um, business leaders in Africa. Yeah, um, I, I think I think for you know, from my perspective, I think a digital marketing or online, business, getting businesses online mm. is essential. I mean, like if you look at the pandemic, what's happening at the moment, yeah. people have realized we cannot afford not to be online. Yeah. I mean, then you you are not utilizing your business. And uh, people I've worked with uh, uh, on their businesses and uh, even in corporates, uh, I've always said like, even though you are offline business, you have a product-based business, you still have an aspect that you get for all of your business that you can take online. There's always one angle that you can take online, grow and scale it. So I think online is an essential part of any business. And then uh, digital marketing, I mean, it's like it's part of your online business because to be online, it's like you 
it, you know, I saw one of one of your posts. I think uh, it compared like different markets, or it wasn't. I'm not really sure whether it's your post or you reposted. Uh-huh. But there's someone said like, you know, when you look at online currently, it's like in Zimbabwe you will look at Mbare market. You know, mm, mm. it's saturated. There's everything and anything. Online is exactly, is exactly the same. So therefore you need the, the marketing aspect. How yeah. do you differentiate yeah, yourself? Absolutely. And how do you make yourself different? Um, so therefore, like, this was why when I started marketing and I started working in, especially in Zimbabwe, like every company I worked for, Cabs, Old Mutual, Bank ABC, like now Selby Enterprises, and even my own business, Leon, James, mm. um, I realized that um, online online marketing is. I was like, so okay, so we in this industry, financial sector, for example, mm. what does differentiate us? So it's important to be online to reach more people. First of all, because people are uh, realizing that people want services on the go. Let's be honest. And they need change constantly. So, and then people want convenience, they want on the go and they want quick. So to do it physically, it's harder. To do it online, it's much easier. But then there are so many providers. How do you differentiate yourself? And this is where I ended up um, researching and studying more neuromarketing Ah. and customer experience. Because neuromarketing is something that enables you to tap into the power of unconscious mind because 90 percent of the time the decisions we make are unconscious like yes buying the milk is conscious but then to take take this course or like to buy this new hairbrush it's very unconscious decision Mm -hmm. and then how when neuromarketing is all about how do you speak to the customer which what type of colors words um uh placement of your products on the website or on your instagram or on your social media channels what 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 actually clicks for the consumer's mind it's kind of like a science and marketing together i'm not doing really like when i talk about like that i i specialize in neuromarketing it's not like I'm not doing like a scientific side of it. Yes, you can go to labs that attach to your brain, little patches that they measure your 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 brain and how your pupils change, your eye movement change. But mm. there are simple things that you can change on your online communication, your website, your branding, your colors, mm. and it influences consumers decision so my actually my dream is to do a phd in consumer behavior but i want to do a phd on what makes consumer click like to buy what makes them to click that last button to make a purchase online right so therefore like my interest about neuromarketing and i think it's super important that's one of the differentiators that people can now tap into and differentiate themselves online because online is basically a buyer market. There are tomatoes every, every two meters. Yeah, you see yeah red exactly, tomatoes. Exactly. Except so that it's ones so much bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, because it's, like, it's global. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I think like if PR businesses, especially in Zimbabwe, like when I came to Zim, I realized that. Online is untapped, it's unknown. Uh, people don't, it's also to do with the data. 
the access mm. uh you need to understand the market like is website good for me is social mm. media so i think like when you talk about digital marketing very often people think it's facebook <laughs> that's the first thing that i got when i came to zim but it's yeah. not but for some businesses it might mean just facebook because yeah, that's where they target marketers you know what we find is that when you talk about um being online companies will say well we have a website and we have a facebook and twitter account so we're doing fine and it's like they've ticked those two boxes but it's it's like somebody who buys a property and then just leaves it there right so they don't read and they don't rent it out they don't use it they don't live in it and all it's yeah. doing is sitting there becoming older and older and less and less relevant so what would you say exactly. to company about using their digital properties to actually grow their you know grow revenues build the brand and 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 for for online to become an active part of business. Uh, this is this is what I wanted to say. When you said like when businesses say like we are online, we have a mm. website, we have mm. social media <laughs> channels, but mm. my question is always but what do you do with them? What do you what do you do with it? Do yeah. you do anything? You yeah. know, yeah, we post from time to time, but then like one thing that I always says like consistency and you don't have to be you don't have to have website twitter facebook instagram pinterest everything <laughs> i'm like let's yeah. let's look at your target audience and say like you actually need just instagram and face uh, and and website that's yeah. it yeah. and then i think what my advice is usually let's identify what's relevant for your target audience exactly where 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 you can be relevant for them where you can reach them and then second is like how do you grow fast and then how do you scale second i think it's not that people don't want to be and they sometimes like big corporates will be like for a tick we've done it it's done yeah. you know yeah. but i'm like but it's how it's a, how do you grow how do yeah. you monetize how do you scale so that's what what i'm trying to actually give an advice or educate or coach people on like what needs to be done and you know it's it's not hard it's i i there are two things it's consistency like three things i'd say content mm -hmm. consistency and systems so if you have those three mm -hmm. you can actually grow your business online and scale it I it's the same that. i always compare that is the same as like creating a marketing strategy you come up with this amazing document it looks amazing <laughs> and it yeah. just sits on your shelf because i came up with the strategy but there's no action plan yeah yeah no i love what so you're saying exactly about choosing the platforms where you will you will intersect with your audience because your audience isn't everywhere and also you spread your energy and your money and your time so thinly being everywhere like and whatever the the latest new thing is you know if it's tiktok now we're on tiktok <laughs> but it's exactly. like what are you doing there and who are you talking to like are your people on tiktok and what's the value that you bring to your customers and also what's the value that you get from being there um yeah yeah because i yeah go on i would say like for brands um as a, as you mentioned it's like you have the focus is the key 
I think you have, I'd rather focus on one thing and do it 150% mm. than focus on four and do it haphazardly or like with a 50% effort, yes. which you're not going to get, uh, get out of it the exactly. same. But in it's, terms of new platforms, uh -huh. I was like, yes, uh, uh, secure your handle secure your brand's handle, but you don't have to jump on it like with 100% in it full time. Like for example, mm. this uh, clubhouse. Yeah. Secure your handle and then see, is this like, you know, like things things like, what was that Snapchat, right? Yeah. It's kind of like was a, was a, was a hit for a while and then kind of like yeah. died out. Yeah, yeah. But you, you just observe, but there are platforms that are there and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. on those you cannot afford not to be there if your audience is there i mean what you're saying is very similar to how we used to do traditional marketing where you have a client with a limited budget and then they want to do a little bit of press a little bit of radio a little bit of outdoor when actually what they should do is pick one platform and then dominate you know like like focus on that platform, um, having identified that that's where your audience is. Exactly. And then people start expecting from exactly. that brand that they're going to exactly. see you there. Exactly. It's the same with that. I, I'm very careful with using uh, influencers or brand ambassadors. Mm. Because I think brand mm. ambassadors, it's, it's very risky for especially big brands. Mm. And I always say like, okay, you want to use this person because they are popular at this point but then there are these brand ambassadors who are not you it's the same applies to the brand you don't become authentic you are a brand ambassador for coca-cola your brand ambassador for cabs your brand yes. ambassador for toyota exactly. you are everything to anything exactly. so people don't know what to expect from you yeah but if i said i'm a brand ambassador for um i don't know uh, for 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 toyota they mm -hmm. always know that this person, um, I'm, I always see her there. Yeah. Her yeah. face and her, everything she does is about Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. And also, I find that clients don't, they don't think about the risk that they take on with a brand ambassador. Because um, when you associate your brand with this person's brand, whatever that person does, even long after your contract with them has expired, the mental association in the audience's mind is that this is your person, you know, and this person exactly. represents your brand. Yeah. I think, I, I think like as much as I'm a marketer and then people think marketers are risk takers and like, <laughs> those exciting people and fun, I think I'm very risk averse and, uh, I, I have everywhere I've worked, I've always said, I'd rather have an uh, avatar for our brand. We create our own, mm. which has no luggage, no history, mm. and that's ours. Mm. And then Forever, we could use, yeah, yeah. yeah. popular people to test our products and to give reviews about our products, but they are not a face of our brand, yes. which is... For me, it's super important because I don't know, as you said, what those people will do after 10 years or they might go for a competitor, you know? Exactly. And then you exactly. have, this is confusing your customer. Yeah, so. yeah. That's great. 
So going back to neuromarketing, what are some of the things that you found, um, like mistakes people make in terms of maybe not understanding consumer psychology? When they're marketing online. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so basically, I think one of the biggest mistakes, uh, especially corporates make, is speaking uh, their corporate language, corporate slang, and they don't understand that, like by by using their target audience language, they the way they speak, mm -hmm. they actually become more relevant, and mm -hmm. people feel warmer, and they are more prone to. I go with your brand because you basically speak their language. They, um, uh, in a way, like, you Relate. know, the way I don't talk about transactional account. I, I, I just want to pay, pay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I want to shop and withdraw cash. <laughs> that's exactly. what I need my account to do. That's, that's where the disconnect is, like us being this big corporate and the human. So it mm -hmm. just just understanding how do people use your product, what language they speak, you know? And also, I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, um, people, people make, and it comes down to neuromarketing as well, is um, understanding, like kind of like they, they think what's gonna make us profit, but then like, it's not like, oh, they think like, this is amazing. So where brands fail is they, they want to make profit. And of course, they will want to show the customer these are the good things that you can do. These are the positive things. But what makes pe people feel closer to the brand and to the company is that when they actually speak about how, they, how they're going to resolve uh, mm -hmm. some of the problems or concerns mm -hmm. that, they, that keeps them up at night. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. If you talk about, if you tell me that I'm actually, well, this is going to help you to have like a, a financial freedom or you will, you don't have to sacrifice your relationship or your sanity yeah. because if you take this product up and I'll be like, yeah, this has always been my problem. And they start yeah. feeling closer, like a warmer to the a brand but when you say like oh you get this benefit this benefit this benefit and we use this technology and we have xyz micro 767 processes <laughs> exactly yeah or I'll, I'll say you like for example like brands like amazon and google they use neuromarketing on like literally they have a department that focuses on neuromarketing uh tips and tricks and how to implement within marketing and their products. For example, I know that Amazon a couple of years ago, they, they researched that people were, were kind of like uh, buying their products, but the speed on, on the site was uh, something that kind of like affected their, their, their left baskets, mm. like uh, abandoned baskets mm. online. Mm. They, they, improve the speed of uh, loading pages and like to go to the next page by 
one-tenth of a second, and they made 20, 20 million more a month wow. because of that. Google wow. uh, changed their blue color slightly, and they had more people signing up because that blue, uh, uh, they, they were just two tones uh, lighter blue than they used to have and it actually psychologically it people feel more drawn towards that blue more than a dark oh wow so, so i it's just it's crazy if one so like more i yeah. study yeah. about it more i want to know yeah yeah it's, so with it's the, with the services that you offer in in your um own business could I come yeah. to you, for instance, as an entrepreneur and say, will you look at my website and, and advise me in terms of the colors I'm using and the, the language on the, on the site and the wording on my buttons and so on? Um, is that the kind of thing that you do? Is that something that you would do? Yes. Okay. Yes. So currently what I do, because uh, I, I still have my nine to five job, but like on my, for my own business, I've been focusing mm. on one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, or like consulting businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I am focused. My focus is a lot on LinkedIn. So I, I educate businesses on LinkedIn a lot, but also neuromarketing. So, and you are spot on. I, I really uh, focus on neuromarketing when it comes to websites. It, okay. it can be also applied to, to social media, but what, whatever you apply for website, you can apply for your social media as well. Okay. Because social media is more scattered. It's not, it's not as structured as your website. But mm. yes, I would definitely then, we, I usually draft a program uh, for your specific needs that you need. What, mm -hmm. what basically I, I identify, um, there's no point of just telling you like this color is right, this is not right. I need to understand what you're struggling with. Like what are you trying to achieve with your website or who, and uh, who is your target audience? And then I can assess your website. It's, I call it like a neuromarketing website audit. And then I do the audit based on your challenge, your struggles, your objectives, and your audience. And then I can give you like uh, advice what would potentially work. And you can do the the uh, you didn't do the beta or version of your okay. website and test it. Is your is it converting better? If you mm -hmm. is your traffic increasing based on the changes we've made? Sometimes it's just as simple things as changing the font. Because rounder fonts tend to be more um, easier to uh, take in for people. And they feel kind of like that warmth to towards the brand when okay. the fonts are rounder, for example. Okay. That's it's just little things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. Um, <laughs> and I think that our listeners are, are probably going to be wanting to, to get in touch with you. But before you give us your you know, how they can reach you. What are three things that you, three pieces of advice that you could give our listeners who are all leaders in business, either running their own businesses or in corporate positions where they have quite a bit of decision-making um, power. What are three things that you can tell them about uh, either digital marketing or neuromarketing that they can apply and that could help them, let's say, tomorrow? 
I think it's maybe not exactly about neuromarketing, but I what we what we spoke about before the focus, mm. and the focus is the key. I think anything I've done, I've always said like find your focus and focus on one thing rather than five things and do it well. And this is where you're gonna see the change straight away. If you focus on one two things it will actually show you the return on investment in a very short time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for I like decision that. makers, it's very important, very often they think, okay, we could do these things, but like, I need to show the business that there's a return on investment. Yeah. So yeah. therefore I think focus is the key on, on yeah. any digital marketing activities. Or so also when, neural marketing, yeah. When you say focus, so as an entrepreneur, for instance, what what does that look like is that like picking just a couple of platforms to be on is that like choosing just one product to push what is that what does focus actually look like for an entrepreneur yeah I think for entrepreneur it would be I actually have created uh, free guides like how to find your why how to find Mm. your focus and I'm happy to share with you I think uh, I can share it on my Instagram so everyone can uh, get it who will be listening to your podcast or we can share it on your platform if you'd like yeah I can put the link in the show notes yes Okay. So basically focus for entrepreneur, I always say focus on one product that okay. you're good at, you can make money off, mm. and you, you can bring value to the person who's going to be using it. Uh, so, and then when that product works, you either kind of like um, grow that product and it becomes something bigger with additional things, or you introduce the second one. Because... Uh, I don't believe that you can have 10 products, but then because your focus is so scattered, mm. you're, you're, not bringing, uh, you're not bringing to your customer the best. You're yeah. not giving them the most. Yeah. So and, yes, and I'm not also, saying that the first product as an entrepreneur is going to work. Yeah. It might not work. But uh, I think focus on... pay a charm, okay? Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, it's like, as an entrepreneur, you have to understand that, like, you, you in, in that 50-50 game, it might work, it might not. Mm, but yeah. uh, I, I think it's important to focus on one thing and do it well. And then it's going to work. For some yeah. type of audience, it's going to work. But as an entrepreneur, yes, if you have products, for example, you have online products, mm. focus on this one where your passion is and you know you're going to, and give more than, than you give. The, you think like this, it's worth te- uh, $100. Give mm. them while you're $150 and they will appreciate it. And that's what actually makes it work. They, this is how you create that momentum. Mm. Um, I always say like people say like oh I'm giving out so much and I'm not charging and mm-hmm. I, I'm doing exactly the same mm-hmm. but but I, I always believe that when you give more people actually see your worth people value, yeah. see uh, yes see your value and they 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 know what they're getting out and they will want more yeah if you hold back and think like okay I'm gonna give this this little bit because I don't want to give everything <laughs> And then 
people see it like it's almost like I said like we live in a generation that people can sense it and I always say like be an adder don't be a subtractor you know mm -hmm. add more and you mm -hmm. will get more back amen to that so what's your <laughs> second point so the first point is focus on one thing yeah um I think um I think one of the things like it's not so much on digital marketing again and neuromarketing but attitude and the energy is everything whenever mm -hmm. you you do anything in uh in uh, uh in your business or in your marketing or as an entrepreneur you have to have the right attitude and energy because mm -hmm. i've worked with people who are in 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 the in the field but with the wrong attitude. First of all, you don't trade right relationships. You mm -hmm. ruin relationships, mm -hmm. which don't ele elevate your your career or your business at all. And and your output is not is not the best. So I think people have to say. I say like when you find your focus, you will have the right attitude and energy. But you can't do something because you think it's going to bring me millions. But with the wrong attitude and energy, you it it's it's doomed. I always say right. your business is right. gonna be doomed. Right. It's gonna die at some point, or you're gonna lose all the relationships and good contacts because of your attitude. Okay, good point. Good point. I think also that also applies particularly for young people. I often find interns when they have this attitude that you know I'm here, I'm doing you a favor. I'm working for free. Entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like what what you don't realize is that you're learning for free. Like you you should be paying university fees for the knowledge that you're gaining from this internship. But yeah, you're right. Everything boils down to attitude. And the people who have the, the good attitudes get the most out of any opportunity. I think successful people are always with the right attitude and energy. Yeah. They, they will always find a way for their business to grow, for them to grow professionally and to, to make money. You know, like we are here, all we are all here to make money, mm. essentially, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the attitude and energy is the key. And also like in a neuromarketing, like when you look at your brand, mm. if you give your brand personality with the right attitude and energy, it will speak to your target audience yeah. and people will yeah. want to hang out with your brand. They will want to kind of find out what's happening or what's new um, for you as a brand builder. You know, if you have that, if through your communication, through your copy, through your visuals, through mm -hmm. all the activities you do online, you have that attitude and energy, the right one, you know, that speaks to your target audience. They will want to hang out with you. So true. So true. The language you use, super important. Mm -hmm. And your final point, Alina. Um, I I think it's more for entrepreneurs. I, I mean, for corporates as well, but entrepreneurs especially because they usually are scarce uh, for resources and money. Yeah. Uh, I think people sometimes think, okay, let me not invest in this. Just having that money mindset, getting the right money mindset. Wow. I would always say like, always assess whether it's worth your time. For example, if I charge $100 per hour for my one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's an example. Yeah. Um, then 
And I think, okay, I need to do this uh, website, one landing page for my website. And it takes me six hours to do this two paragraphs, right? <laughs> Which is $600. But, but I could get a freelancer for $40 an hour which yeah. would be like two, 240. So I'm like, oh I've goodness. lost myself just yeah. now, $360. But people never assess, is this yeah. worth my time? So and true. should I invest? People think they're saving money, but they're actually losing money. So, so true. The opportunity cost of you spending exactly. time doing something you're not qualified to do is so much greater than what you exactly or should i employ someone to do my laundry and my ironing while i can make 200 dollars in those two hours and pay this person 50 dollars to do that my laundry and my iron very i think that's something for young entrepreneurs they always think i need to save every single penny Mm. and it's true you have to save (laughs) but then you don't they don't never assess what's the opportunity cost of yeah. all that. Yeah. yeah. No, those are really, really helpful um, pieces of advice. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time this afternoon to speak with us about neuromarketing, about the digital space, about what the future might look like um, if we are willing to be, you know, to, to, to think and focus um, in a way that is consistent and and to build systems around that. So I think that where can people find you? Because I think that people are going to be looking for you to get to get more information about the things you've spoken about today. Yeah, um, uh, currently you can find me on LinkedIn as Elena Kamba mm-hmm. and also on Instagram, it's elena.kamba. Uh, and I'll be launching my website. My my company's name is Leon James. So I'll be launching my website very soon, like in next week or two. So I'll I'll communicate that on my Instagram most likely. But then in terms of my myself to get in touch with me, send me a message or ask me any questions. I think LinkedIn is my go-to, <laughs> understandably. Yes. Uh, but uh, on Instagram as well, you can find me on Instagram. It's alina.kamba. And uh, yeah, and just uh, I'll always respond to everyone and make sure that everyone is attended. Perfect. Thank you for being here, Alina. Thank you so much for having me, Tembe. Really- listening to Brand to Build, a podcast brought to you by Brand Builder Africa. We'll be back here next week with more thoughtfully curated content for entrepreneurial leaders who are doing business in Africa. Stay, subscribe, and let us know what you think or what you'd like to hear about next. To learn more, visit our website at www.brandtobuild.co or email ask us at brandtobuild.co.